This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. And welcome back. I thought you were going to do it, but you didn't, so you fucking suck. I'm Brennan. I'm Brennan. You're not you're not talking on the mic. Oh, it'd probably help if I turn my <laughs> microphone on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a great start to the end of the show. Do you, want, do you want to restart it? No, let's just keep going. That's just the nature of the beast here. <laughs> uh, we're the Any Given Saturday CFB podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at AnyCFB. Instagram, Any Given Saturday CFB. Facebook, Any Given Saturday CFB. And what else are we on? That should be the main three, right? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. And then uh, go ahead and give us an email at any given Saturday CFB at gmail.com. We'll reply. Uh, I might even send you a uh, thank you card. <laughs> I'll send you a selfie at this point. <laughs> Have we gotten an email on that yet? Uh, if you don't include spam and change the terms, no. <laughs> well, like I said, if you actually send us an email and actually talk to us and be like, hey, your podcast could use this, like, we'll send you a selfie and. I'll autograph it for you. How about that? I'll throw that in there today. So, all right, man. So, like, I don't know. This thought popped into my head earlier today, and I wanted to run it by you, man, is, you know, we've been talking a lot about Pac-12 and Big Ten football, and we've been doing our predictions and talking about who's going to be good, who's going to be not. This thought popped into my head that I don't think we've addressed on the podcast is Ryan Day. So, if, if you're new to college football, like – I'm going to say if you watch college football starting yesterday, then you don't know Ryan Day is the head coach of Ohio State. He was – was he offensive or defensive coordinator for Urban Meyer? He was offensive. Okay, so he was the offensive coordinator under Urban Meyer. He took over. He went 13-0. and He won the Big Ten Championship and then lost in the first round of the college football playoff. Is Ryan Day for real or not? That is the thought that I literally wanted to get on an episode. Uh, I think we've talked about this uh, weeks ago when we were in the in the middle of the college football season. But I think he has a really solid team and he can recruit really well. Um, but I don't know how the rest of it will go. I think Justin Fields is the top three quarterback in the nation. You can swap him and Trevor Trevor Lawrence out for number one. Uh, depending on how you're feeling, uh, but I mean, I I don't know. I think I think Ryan Day can recruit really well. Uh, he took a, a like NFL talent at every position team to the college football playoff. Uh, didn't win it, so I mean that that's a huge hit on him. But uh, other than that, I mean, I think time will tell. Uh, I think, you know, if you're an Ohio State fan, you need to have faith in him because he's, he's doing everything that a coach can do. But I think having as much talent as he did on that roster and not uh, wing it all or at least make it to the final game, uh, I think that's a huge, huge blow to his uh, resume. See, I don't know, man, because, you know, I have right at accurately 0% coaching experience. And I think with that roster and the and the team that Urban Meyer built, I think I could have went basement ten and two. 
I don't even think it would have been a contest, especially with with the uh, the schedule that Ohio State played this year. With I think the only tough game that they played all year may have been Penn State, and they were obviously the better team in that game. And then Michigan, who I, I think me and you could suit up for Ohio State, and Jim Harbaugh would still choke. So I don't know, man. Like ten and two, I think would be my basement as a head coach. So. Is that really saying a lot about Urban or about Ryan Day's coaching, or is that saying a lot about the the kind of dynasties and the in the teams that Urban Meyer puts together? Uh, I I mean, Urban Meyer is one of the best college football coaches of all time. Uh, just in his tenure with with starting off with Utah, having them kicking ass. Uh, taking names and going on to Florida and winning a national championship while in the SEC uh, and then moving on to uh, Ohio State and winning it in the uh, the Big Ten. So he's gone to the top two conferences and won it all within them. So I think that shows you just how good of a coach he is. But I think, uh, like I said, I think Ryan Day recruits really well. Um, but I just think uh, – well, how much of that recruiting? So you talk about Ryan Day being a good recruiter. So how much do you attribute Ryan Day's recruiting to Ryan Day himself being able to convince you to come to his university and come to his football team, or do you attribute it to I want to play for Ohio State? Because this has been that this has been the case throughout the history of college football. Is yeah, that Ohio State I has gotten recruits just because of the name on their chest? Yeah, I think I think also too. I, I I haven't checked this up, but I think Ohio State's one of the only universities that's universities that's never had a losing season. Um, so I think I think a lot of it is Ohio State's going to recruit no matter who's there, um, unless you're just super incompetent. But also, like you you still have to go out and recruit. Otherwise, you're not just going to land the top prospects just off your name like the top prospects want to be uh wind and dine like they don't they're not just gonna pick a school because it's the name of the school like if that school's not whining and dining them they're not gonna have much interest in you okay so you put ryan day at appalachian state is he getting those same recruits is he getting those same uh, kids that he's getting uh, coming into so that's what i'm saying so how much do you attribute to ryan I mean, day's recruiting style rather than his just him being the head coach of Ohio State because he inherited a great football team. You know, he, you know, when Urban Meyer retired and he said, I'm done with college football, Ohio State was in the college football playoff. You know, they had Justin I mean, Fields I, locked. Justin, Justin Fields had already said, Yes, I'm going to leave Georgia. I'm going to go to Ohio State. I want to play for Urban Meyer. And then Urban Meyer was like, Okay, I'm going to leave. And Justin Fields says, Well, I'm here. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to play here. Because Jake Fromm is, you know, at Georgia, you know, Jake Fromm from State Farm. And so how much of that do you attribute to Ryan Day? Because look at the recruiting class this year. How much of that do you attribute to Ryan Day? How much do you attribute that to Urban Meyer? Uh, the recruiting class this year? Yeah, exactly. So the year that... Uh, Ryan I, give it, I, I, I think it's Ryan Day. Okay, but how much of that do you think is built up on, you know, forgive actually, me, forgive uh, me, Justin, I can't remember Justin the Fields. head coach. 
Justin Fields committed to Ryan Day. He didn't commit to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer retired in December. Justin Fields transferred in February. Yeah, because Urban Meyer didn't talk to him before that. Yeah. Good point. Come on, dude. Let's be real. This is college football, all right? This isn't a upstanding organization. Your, your dates and facts are wrong, so I'm just trying to help you. Not really. He 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 committed to Urban Meyer's Ohio State. He had made the decision to commit long before February. February is the earliest that people can commit when you're a part of another organization, especially like Georgia, who's competing in the SEC championship game, going to compete in a bowl game. You got to think about it, man. Like I, I think about shit like that when I'm talking about people committing and you don't want to commit to Ohio State in December when you're about to play Alabama in the SEC championship game for a chance to the national. You know what I mean? So I personally believe that Ryan Day is going to fall flat on his face. Oh, I don't think – I mean, I, I, do I see Ohio State not consistently making the college football uh, championship? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to fall flat on – I think that that's okay, going to be town for him to fall on his face. Okay, by, but by our schools, Nebraska, USC, making the college football playoff would be an absolute leap in our expectations. But Ohio State not making the college football playoff, not winning the Big Ten, that's falling flat on your face for a head coach of Ohio State. You know, and as much as a huge horse-sized pillow, size of a pill that is for me to swallow, it's the truth. Ohio State is expected to make the college football playoff every year. They're expected to be top five in recruiting. They're expected to be, dude, your dad bought his fucking killing me, man. You do, do some push-ups. <laughs> like... Do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, go for a run or something. Anyway, they're expected to be... Shut up! Ladies and gentlemen, Riley... Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Riley and Remy. Anyway, um, they're expected to be in the top five of recruiting. They're expected to be in the college football playoff. They're expected to be in the Big Ten championship game. And they're expected to beat Michigan every year. Hot take, I don't think we've done the picks for – I think we did the the picks for Ohio State. And I think I just picked Ohio State just out of impulse. But the more no, I've thought of – We did both of them. Yeah. We did so Michigan I think, last week. Yeah, so if you go back there, I think – I don't even – if you want to open it up and, and correct me while I go on my little rant here. but yeah, I am. I'm pretty sure I picked Ohio State. But the more that I've thought about it and the more that I've really like – Oh, shit, he did not do Michigan. The more that I've dwelled on the idea of Ryan Day as a head coach of Ohio State, not just not just going off what I think a lot of people are going off of, it's just the name of Ohio State. I almost want to say Michigan rolls them this year. I don't think so. I think Jim Harbaugh still freaking sucks. Uh, I don't think that really changes. I... Uh, I don't know. Jim Harbaugh just fucking sucks. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I think I think he did great. <laughs> you fucking hate this dude. And had them running. I just think he's a, he has a terrible bowl record. He can't beat his number one team that he has to beat every year. He just and then he gets freaking mollywalled by Alabama in the bowl game this last season. So I mean, he just sucks. I don't know what you want me to tell you. He just freaking sucks. 
Well, I mean, on that, I don't really attribute that to to John Har or Jim Harbaugh's coaching. I, other than Tua Tagliova, you know, the other twenty one players on offense and defense, that was a national championship contending football team. You throw another quarterback in there, and you're replacing one position out of twenty two on offense and defense, and they're going to roll a team like Michigan. Michigan wasn't at the top of their game in the Big Ten this year. They got they got beat by Ohio State. They got beat by Penn State. So was it the the best team to go up against them? No. I mean, if, if I had my choice, I would have rather put Penn State up against Alabama. I think that would have been a better football game, you know, without Tua Tagliova. But, and little side note, did you see Tua Tagliova's little brother's going to Rutgers? No, he's going to Maryland. Or Maryland, yeah, I knew it was some no. bottom, some team yeah, we didn't care about. So, so I, I actually, I don't know if you have Reddit, but Reddit's actually pretty helpful. So I actually follow like a CFP, CFB page, and mm -hmm. uh, they had called it like as soon as he announced he was going to the transfer portal because I guess his family has a really good relationship with the Maryland staff, and so I was like, I think they called it like two weeks before it happened, and then they came out. But I mean, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna beat out. Uh, Mac Jones and uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young is like one of the top talents to come out in the last few years. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I you just... put him in Maryland. I don't know, man. We might have to go back and repick Maryland because now you have that five-star wide receiver at Maryland and Tagliova. Hey, that might be a deadly combo in the Big Ten. I mean, we saw what what uh, Minnesota did just with a simple slant slant run offense with a a decent quarterback and the best wide receiver in the Big Ten. We saw what they did. Maybe Maryland can recreate it next year with, you know, just doing seam routes and um, maybe line them up at slot, had them run against the the middle the middle safety on like a cover two defense or something like that. But I don't know, man. Maryland's kind of looking dangerous. Ah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I think uh, I think if you're gonna pick a team up and coming in the Big Ten, you gotta pick the motherfucking nah. Fighting Illini, baby. Nah, they're, they're <laughs> just the bottom feeders. You gotta go with the uh, the Minnesota Gophers, or you gotta go with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. How are you gonna pick Minnesota? Minnesota was like eleven and zero at one point they're, they're not up. a bottom they're and not a bottom dweller anymore they no. are they're, they're no they're not terrible. bottom actually... bottom dweller starts at 500 and below of the middle season i'd say northwestern nebraska indiana rutgers maryland those are bottom dwellers of the big 10 and trust me i think you of all people should know how much that just hurt me to say that nebraska is a bottom dweller in the big 10 but we are hey, i mean uh Another side note here, uh, an offensive line coach that USC had that was fucking terrible got picked up at Purdue as a uh, analyst. So, uh, so and he actually hasn't had a job since. I think they fired him in 2018, 2017-18. Hasn't been hired by anyone until now. Well, shout Fire out to his family being able to eat dinner now. So. Nah, he was a fucking terrible coach. Well, I mean, his family gets to eat dinner, so let's think about the wife and kids at this point. Here at any given CFB, we think about the families, all right? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just I – I look at the Big Ten, and I start thinking about teams that have dominated over the past six years that I see falling off. 
And you think about those teams. You think about Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, or Wisconsin, and then Minnesota last year. And out of those five teams, Ohio State is a team that I feel like is going to run into a brick wall in two to three years. I think that they're going to fall off. They're going to be a 9-4 and four team. Maybe maybe they fall on some real hard times, a real hard schedule, fall into an 8-5 and five season. And I, I kind of look back at Nebraska's history on this. And, you know, when Tom Osborne retired in 97, he retired after a national championship. Kind of like Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer didn't retire after a national championship, but he retired after going to the CFB. And Frank Solich, his offensive coordinator, his playing mate, his assistant coach for his entire tenure as a coach, took over the team. And in 2001, went to a national championship game with that same team. You talking about Osborne? No, Solich. Solich took Nebraska to a national championship game. You talk about Urban Meyer, then you talk about the Solich dude. And it's pretty confusing because I think you're talking about Urban Meyer's OC, but you're talking about now how? No, nah, man. How about you pay attention and not listen to three quarters of my conversation? So Frank Solich takes Nebraska to a national championship game in 2001 and loses to Miami. In 2003, he's fired after taking Nebraska to the Alamo Bowl, and then the Bill Callahan debacle starts. So that's what I kind of see with Ohio State is that Urban Meyer was given the respect of being able to pick his predecessor, being like, hey, you've done a lot for the university. I will let you pick the person that's going to take over your team. He picks Ryan Day. Ryan Day is going to do good for two, three years because he's still playing with Urban Meyer's players, just like Frank Solich did, a la Tom Osborne. And then once he starts getting into his players, I just don't see it panning out. I don't see Ryan Day as – and I think a lot of it got got shown – against Clemson in the college football playoff. Ohio State was dominating that football game. There was a lot of people out there, myself included. You remember our talks in Kuwait where I said in the middle of the season, Ohio State is the best college football team in the league, possibly one of the greatest to ever be assembled this year, talking about last year, because they were blowing people out. Their defense was stopping people, and then they got up against Clemson. And when they were playing Clemson, they went up and then one play, that little the, – the the scoop six that got called back, I think that really turned the tide and Ryan Day couldn't handle his players' emotions in that moment. And right there, when I was watching that game, I remember turning to my wife and I told Megan, I was like, hey, I'd, Ryan Day isn't going to be able to coach Ohio State for very long because if you can't coach your players in that moment – I don't care what you can do against South Dakota State Tech A&M. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We've gone on about this for a long time. I don't really seem to care too much about it. I think you you bring up some good points. I don't think, you know, after listening to you that he goes longer than three or four years uh, without having some type of hiccup. Uh, but I just think Ohio State's is one of those schools that just – has a history of winning and it's going to continue to win no matter what. And I think it's just going to be the, the uh, level of winning that you, that will uh, take them down. Cause like See, you said, they, well, I mean, you say some, 
No, hold on, man. You say something like that, like Ohio State has a history of winning. And you know how passionate of a fan I am. You want to go back to the Nebraska way. If you would have, if we would have had this podcast in 1998 and we were saying the same thing about Frank Solich, you would have said the same thing. Nebraska has a history of winning. You know, over at that point in 98, in the last 25 years, we went 255 and 48 and three. An unheard of winning percentage from a football program. Everybody wanted to go to Nebraska. Everybody wanted to go there. It's the same thing when Pete Carroll left USC. When Pete Carroll left USC to go to Seattle, the the last, you know, the next two to three years, they were still competing for the Pac-12. They were winning Pac-12 titles. They were competing for a national championship. And then all of a sudden, it was a steady decline down into the dumpster fire that is the USC Trojans right now. That where you guys are calling for your coach's head and you guys are pissed off because he's still the head coach. So, uh, just to uh, fact check to you here, uh, Nebraska does not have a winning season tradition like Ohio State. Um, Ohio State is above the fifth winningest program in college football history. Well, you got a lot of losing seasons here. I'm just going to say that here. It's a hot take. Um, and then oh. also, once Pete Carroll left, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know Ohio State had 42 conference championships. My bad. Well, it's easy to be a conference championship when you're in the Big Eight with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, it was it was a cakewalk. But go ahead, keep fact checking me. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Ohio State played with who? Michigan, and who else? Back in the day. You want to talk about history. You want to talk about a winning tradition that until Bill Callahan, when Bill Callahan took over the program, we're the third winningest program in college football history. At this point, we are one of five programs with 900 wins. That's, I believe, Texas, USC, Notre Dame, and there's like a couple others, but. Yeah, keep telling me Ohio State doesn't have a winning tradition like Nebraska does. Bob Devaney and Tom Osborne built that program. But anyway, like I was saying, you know, you. Uh, according to this, it's got uh, Michigan as number one. Yep. Michigan is Ohio the winning as. Okay. Alabama. Texas. Yale, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Nebraska at number eight. Where are you looking at? Uh, this is Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm glad you use a credible, a credible source there, bud. I'm, I'm proud of How's you. How's it not credible? Wikipedia? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking at the same thing that you are right here, and oh boy, this is this is brutal. Uh, Nebraska's number eight on this too, according to the NCAA. NCAA.com. Uh, yep. Yeah, we're looking at the same article. So Ohio State stats I just read off. Okay, so Ohio State has twenty more wins than us, but let's look at. Okay, they played in the Ivy League. I'll give them that. 
They played in the Ivy League in 1956. Yale currently plays at the FCS level and won. Oh, that's Yale. Stupid Mandry. Mostly. So basically what I'm getting at, though, is that you want to look at these programs, right? Ohio State's up there. Michigan's up there. I mean, we can even talk about Michigan, about why I think Ryan Day is going to be a flop, is that Jim Harbaugh came in with a good football team, and they thought we have a, we have a good core, we have some good sophomores and juniors that can compete right out the gate. Jim Harbaugh comes in, and they're winning 10 games a season. Ohio State. Jim Tressel gets fired because of the whole tattoo controversy that happened. They bring in Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer goes and wins a national championship. He wins in 2014. And, you know, if you remember that 2014 run is where, uh, what's his name? The guy that was like, I'm not here to play college. I'm here to play football. He was a backup. God, what's that kid? I have no idea. Dwayne Haskins. And uh, not Dwayne Haskins. It was another kid. Anyway, he only played two games for Ohio State, started, and it was in the 2014 college football playoff and won. Anyway, stayed at the top of competition, and then they give it up to an offensive coordinator. And Texas, Mac Brown leaves. Mac Brown won national championships all over the place. It was like Vince Young. Gives it up to, like a, I think, an offensive coordinator as well, and they haven't even been able to win the Big Ten or the Big 12. You look at Notre Dame when uh, – what's his face left? The the fat, rosy cheek dude. Charlie Jesus. Weiss is a terrible coach. Okay, he left. Charlie Weiss had him competing. Notre Dame hasn't even competed since Charlie Weiss left. Yeah, they oh, have. Brian Kelly had them in the college football playoff, uh, not last year, but the year before. Brian Tell Kelly me. has them on top of uh, way better than Charlie Weiss did. If anything, uh, what's that motherfucker's name? Uh, Charlie Weiss had him in a national champ. Okay, Holtz. yeah, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz is one of the best coaches in college football history, but Charlie Weiss had him in a national championship game. They got blown out, but they were there. And, yeah, Notre Dame went to college football playoff. How many points did they score in the college football playoff? I'll give you a hint. It's a big round number. Anyway, then you go to the next team, Oklahoma. Bob Stoops leaves. Or, yeah, Bob Stoops leaves. They're winning the Big 8, Big 12. They're competing in the uh, college football playoff. They're going there. Bob Stoops leaves. Lincoln Riley. Bob Stoops won on my uh, national championship. Yep. Lincoln Riley shows up, puts him in the college football playoff every year. How many games has Lincoln Riley won in the college football playoff? Zero. Exactly. Who's in the Big 12 that can compete? But they actually kind of like forced Bob Stoops out to let Lincoln Riley come in. I mean, I get that, but who in the Big 12 can compete at the highest level? And if you – dude, I swear to God, if you say TCU or you say fucking Baylor, I'm logging off and I'm going to play MLB The Show again because they can can beat – dude, they can beat bottom dwellers. But look at Baylor. They were the number five team in the nation. Utah lost. 
They had, they literally, all they had to do was win a football game and they were in the college football playoff. There was no question about it. And then they get blown out on their home field. Can't compete. Oklahoma is the only team in that conference right now that can compete and go to a national championship game. And they can't even win one game in the college football playoff. They lost to a backup quarterback in 2014 going back to the Ohio State. Like how I tied that all together. You're welcome. That's called good radio. Next, then we get to Nebraska. Nebraska, when they were in the Big 12, played against Texas, Oklahoma, when Texas was Texas, and Oklahoma was Oklahoma. A la Bob Stoops, Mac Brown, uh, Major Applewhite was a quarterback for Texas. Yeah, shout out to you Big 12 listeners. Major Applewhite, I remember that name. Um, Adrian Peterson, when he played for Oklahoma. I mean, teams. And we were competing against them. And we were winning conference championships to the tune of 42 conference titles. So that's why I say Nebraska has a winning tradition. Not to go on a 20-minute tangent on that, but I just wanted to, to prove it to you. And we have 902 wins overall. So there you go. But staying to the tune of random thoughts. So going over to the Pac-12. So Charlie get- Strong took over after Mac Brown, who is a defensive coach. He's not an offensive coach. Yeah, Charlie Strong. Yeah. Okay. So going over to the Pac-12. Here's here's the thoughts I want to get. What the hell is it going to take to get your head coach fired? Um, because so- this is the reason I ask. Is because I think about college football and I think about six teams. I think about Nebraska. I think about Texas, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Michigan, and USC. Those are the six teams I think about when I think about college football dynasties, blue chip programs. Nebraska, we have our head coach. USC, I feel like you guys are still like, give me a new head coach. So what's it going to take for you guys to get somebody in there that's going to turn USC into a national title contending team? Um. Well, I mean, it just depends. So when Clay Hilton's deal, uh, contract got extended for no reason, they put a, uh, a clause in it to pretty much – uh, where if he got fired or terminated before the end of his uh, contract, there'd be a massive buyout. And uh, since USC is a pub, or yeah, my bad, a private university, they don't have to. Uh, what do you call that word? Release any of their numbers or financial statements regarding the school or their or the uh, athletics. With that said, no one knows how much Clay Helton's buyout actually is, or how much his contract is actually worth. So what are the rumors? It's, it's all over the place. Anywhere from six to 8 million to 20 million, 20 uh, million. There's no way you're paying that dude 20 million. Exactly. That's why he's still coach. So pretty So the way, the way that it, it, it worked out pretty much is like the agent that he has was like on his last straw and that deal, like, saved his career 
and USC had an incompetent athletic director at the time and just a depart athletic department at the time. And uh, they just accepted it. So he's pretty much stuck to, I think his contract is over at 2022 or three. I can't remember. It's, it's, it's coming up the next few years, but it's, it's not for a while. And with that said, it, I think their plan is to get rid of them after this season, depending on how it goes. But if there's no college football played or there's very limited college football played and they're not bringing in the revenue, then it's going to be even harder to get rid of them. But they brought in like all-star like people around them. Uh, like they got a, a new defensive coordinator in Tyler Lando, who's with uh, uh, Tom Herman down at Texas. Uh, he brought over one of his assistant coaches with them, Craig Nivar. Then they got a uh, up-and-coming defensive line coach who's pretty solid uh, out of Virginia and Vic Sototo. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> Polynesian names, man. They're fucking hard. And then, uh, man, who else they got? Oh, then they brought over the uh, defensive backs coach from Oregon who was the, the Pac-12 recruiter of the year in uh, Dante Williams. The dude's just an all-star. So their whole defense is revamped. Uh, then they brought over the – Pretty much the best special teams coach they could have with uh, Sean Snyder, who is uh, Bill Snyder's son, who is a famous Kansas State coach, if you didn't know that. Um, Excuse me. And then on the offensive side, nothing's really changed. Uh, That's all pretty much the same. But they brought in uh, graphics guys and stuff like that from LSU – that are like top notch. I don't know if you saw any of Joe Burrow's like Heisman videos or stuff like that, but they're they're making moves to make USC a powerhouse again. It's just that one guy that's around that's above everyone is the one that hasn't changed it. And I think that's the biggest thing is they're setting everything up perfectly fine right now to bring in someone else and have them still rolling. It's just a matter of how long does Clay Helton sit in that seat. And then, like I, I, you know, like I said before, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big Twelve all sound like they're gonna have college football seasons. It's just a matter of what the Pac-12 is gonna do. Uh, I don't know if you've been following any of that, but uh, it's it's kind of wild. Not gonna lie, to see or to kind of see what's gonna come up. Well, I don't know, man. Like I, I would really like that Ohio State and USC get back up there to dominating college football. And I think about like a a Clay Helton. <laughs> Dude, stop stop that. <laughs> wow. Uh I think about it like a Clay Helton and I think about where your program is at as far as what they're doing and where they're where the state of the whole university is at. I mean, there's really nothing that USC competes in, you know, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, anything like that, that they're really like a, a contender like they were back in the days where their football program was excelling. And uh, I mean, I mean, to be fair, the, the baseball team, I think, would have had a great season this year. They beat number one Vanderbilt. Which was a huge like upset. I think the baseball team is going to be solid again. It it has the most NCAA national championships actually with twelve. 
Um, but basketball's on the rise too. They've got a couple of like high end commits, but yeah, football is just the the class they have. If they can keep everyone that's committed to their class for this upcoming year, uh, for the 2021 class, they will have a top five class, if not top three, like they used to. And that would be pretty awesome. But it's just like, I mean, like we, like, like I said, it's just, everything is on the rise. It's just that one man is just still there. He's outlived. Uh, what is it? Three, three, he's outlived three athletic directors, uh, two USC presidents. And literally his whole staff that he started with is either fired or is just gone. Damn. He is the only one standing. So, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things, man. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's coming up, but you just know it's going to be a hell of a ride. Um, but I think the biggest problem is that, like, if USC is in the slump that it's in, it's just not going to have uh, much support in the Pac-12. Uh, you have Oregon who's coming, who's like an up-and-comer, but I just – I don't I, – I think people want to believe in the hype of Oregon, and they want Oregon to, be like, be great. But I just think a consistency of them being great is just not accomplishable. Um, I, I would have said that Oregon – was enough not Oregon. Uh, my bad. Colorado would have been an up and comer this season. Uh, oh if they kept hell Tucker. no, dude. They, yeah, they would have been pretty solid. Mel Tucker had a pretty good class coming in, and he was actually a pretty solid coach. But uh, when you just say fuck you to your your uh, your school and just leave for mis- for a shittier team in Michigan State, um, you know you, c- you can't really plan for that. Uh, they got Nick Rolovich out in Washington State, who is an awesome person. I don't know if you, did you ever watch that video? Uh, or did you ever yeah. look at that photo I told you about? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking where, hilarious. Where he was riding around the campus with his GoPro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't a GoPro. It was his phone. It was taped to it. That, he, he didn't have a GoPro. That is incredible. Hey, did you see my note? Hey, just random thought. Did you see my note on here that at thirty one thirty I ripped ass? So we need to make sure we edit that out. No, nah, we're gonna keep it in. <laughs> Just enjoy the show. <laughs> we came in here with no agenda, and we're at around thirty nine minutes almost. Just talking about well, I mean, random things. I'm gonna be honest, man. Like this, this right here is where me and you were like, we should start a podcast, and then we tried to schedule it. And I think that's where we went wrong in the early parts of our podcast. Is you know, we tried to script what we were gonna talk about, dude. Fuck that. Have a few drinks, turn the microphone on, and let's just start talking. I still think we need to bring Big Joe. Uh, excuse me, Big Joe back and uh. Dude, Big Joe is my XO. Oh, he's got promoted fast. That's like three ranks in the matter of a year. Yeah, dude. As a platoon sergeant, I've had four PLs. Dang. Dude, I've been a platoon sergeant for like five months. <laughs> I uh, my girlfriend commissions on Sunday. Ah, right, good for her. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, Dependa. Excited to collect that O one pay as as the husband. No, I I won't be taking any of her money for now because I still got my disability and then I got my uh, GI bill coming in, so I don't I don't really need any money uh, outside of that. Just fucking. Well, I, I mean, I do I do need money, but like <laughs> I don't need it. Like I yeah, can, I can listen to our podcast for a disabled veteran. All right, and a alcoholic 
active duty servicemen and myself. I could have got disabled veteran plates, but I was like, ah, I'd, I'd look too young for that. I'm just going to get, uh, dude, I can't, man. dude, I can't tell you how many times I've went to the PX and I've seen disabled veteran plates. Parked. Those plates piss me off, man. Dude, they're parked in like the handicap spots and they don't have any handicap placard. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's not a handicap sticker, dude. Yeah. So it I bash. You register for it too. Yeah. So I bash their windows in. The only like, so the only upside of getting those plates is you don't pay taxes. You just literally pay, pay, God damn, pay for the plate. <laughs> so you pay like 50 bucks. And you want to know what's bullshit is in New bucks. York, I was, I was paying about $55, $65, and I'd get a registration for two years. I paid like 150 bucks in Kansas, and I get a registration until August, and then I got to renew it because it goes by last name here. It doesn't go by when you got the vehicle. <laughs> so then I got to pay fucking 300-something bucks for a goddamn tag for one year. How is it out in bumfuck Kansas? Oh, it's actually pretty nice to be honest with you. You like it's, it? It's uh, not. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like not a lot of crime stuff like that goes on, and the area I live in is pretty pretty quiet. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, nice. It's just nice. I I just finished my first semester. Got a. Uh, I think I got like a three point nine GPA. Really? Yeah, I got all A's. Nice. So me and Michael were talking the other day. And, uh, so Michael, he has, he has the same setup and I'm going to invite him on next week when we record. Um, but, uh, he was talking that, that we should recruit you back to the army. Come back, dude. We need you back as a chief. I'm not going to be a chief. Fuck that. Dude, we need you back. So bad. Something else. I'm not going to be a chief again. Would you come back to be a gunny? Maybe. I wouldn't want to take his spot, though. Well, he, they're talking about making him a platoon sergeant already. Why, well, fuck, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Trust me, dude. Every time I go into a meeting and they start talking about it, I'm, like, playing it down. Like, nah, he's good. He's good where he's at. He's not ready. And he's like, nah, man, I don't want it. And I'm like, good, because I, I don't want to lose you. You're really good at what you do. <laughs> I'd like yeah, to keep him where he's at. I, we we always like worked well together because he was super knowledgeable when it came to artillery and I was like pretty knowledgeable when it came to his army stuff. So like, what did I add to suck. the equation? It was just me and him. Oh okay. Like, well, I'm saying because like me and him came in like to Carson together. Okay, but when we were all chiefs together, what did I, I've always wondered this? And and be honest, all right. This is this is getting recorded for the the millions of listeners that we have. Uh, what did I bring to the table? Uh, I don't know, man. I got yelled at all the time because of you. Um, always had to re-emplace because you had a fucked up navigation and couldn't read your map for some reason. Uh, I constantly got yelled at because of that. Yet again, got yelled at because of that constantly. Um, I don't know. It's just you brought some expertise with the palette, and that's for sure. All right. Well, I'll take that. So you put in... 20 seconds of slander and two seconds of praise. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> Glad to know that I brought something to the table. 
Well, you don't know how often I got fucking yelled at to re-emplace because you fucking parked too close to me, even though I was in the <laughs> middle of the fucking goose egg where I was supposed to be. Did I ever tell you the full story on that? Yeah, you did. I think you actually told me on the podcast. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, like the second, third episode in. Yeah, I realized that in, uh, in NTC because I yelled at Mason one time. He emplaced right behind me, and... I was going on like 24 hours of no sleep and I felt really bad because he's such a sweet, gentle soul and I got out of the gun. I'm screaming at him and Gunny starts screaming at him. Dowsett starts screaming at him. Tells him to re-emplace. He re-emplaces. I get back in my gun and the, the, the arrive screen is on and I'm like, what the hell? And I look at it and I'm like 850 meters from the center and I'm like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> But hey, man, as senior yeah, chief, you're never wrong. All right. Oh uh, no, I, I learned that. <laughs> it is what that, it is, man. I don't know if I ever. I, I talked to you when how Mets called me for like two weeks. Like uh, I must have been shit. It must have been in uh, March. You know, hey, you know he got promoted to sergeant, right? Yeah, I talked to him. So he he called me. He started calling me right before that happened. Well, he never changed my name in his phone. So I, I was in the middle of class a couple of times. I'd get a phone call. And I'd be like, why the fuck is he calling me? And I was like, well, you know, usually it's something like this happening. Like something bad happens. So I'd answer and he'd be like, chief. He's like, uh, you want to come down and, and uh, look at the guns so we can go? And I'd be like, dude, you called the wrong person. And he literally did it like three or four times. And then he finally <laughs> changed my, his, my name in his phone. Oh, man. Like, Mets is a good dude, man. He is. He's a he's a solid solid soldier. Well, he's he's a damn good NCO, and we're me and Key were talking the other day, and I I know probably people we've lost people at this point, but we uh <laughs> we're only we're, forty-five minutes in. Yeah, well, they probably they're probably like, what the hell are these two dudes talking about? But uh, yeah, we're talking about making him a chief. I think he'll be all right. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I right before I left, I was teaching him how to gun, and he was get, he was getting the concept pretty easily. But, yeah, I mean, that yeah, was, he's that got was a it. Fucking year ago. Yeah, no, he's good. Sarna Boyte's good. Yeah, Vasquez, you gave Vasquez a good section, man. I know I did. You don't got to tell me. Except for Grace, I know that what dude I gave was up. a dirtbag. He was not. He was solid. Nah, not until he PCS. I dude. That dude went downhill when he was PCSing. But anyway, so I actually what? texted him the other day. I because my girlfriend's gonna be stationed at uh, Fort Hood, so I was gonna when I, whenever she gets out there, I was gonna go out there and see him. So let's get let's get back on topic, man. So last thought before before we sign off, um, I like to keep this episode underneath an hour because we're not doing any picture or anything, but. Um, is there going to be a college football season this year? Yes. You think so? You think there's going to be fans or no? Yes. I think uh, from what I've read, the um, what is it, University of Oxford, Oxford on the East Coast has got a vaccine and <clears throat> the monkeys that it gave it to have uh, <laughs> created antibodies. That's what they tested on at first have created uh, antibodies to the coronavirus. 
uh, within 21 days. So I think there's hope for that. I think the biggest thing that uh, people need to be looking at, and I, I say this anytime, anytime uh, we talk about college football or people talk about uh, reopening and stuff like that, is there needs to be more focus on an antiviral drug than there does a vaccine. Because a vaccine will take months to go into circulation and to actually come about. But the antiviral drug that they're looking at has already been in circulation for a long time, and it's just a matter of having it work with uh, the coronavirus, which I, which they've done different things with it on with the coronavirus patients, and it's shown positive signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. I think as long as there's an antiviral drug for the coronavirus, and I don't see why there can't be a college football season, I think the biggest factor that's going to go into it is how many people actually want to come out and go to those games and how they're going to space out people if they need to space out people. Well, I think uh, I think it was the Miami Dolphins that came up with that plan in the NFL that yeah, it was them. Yeah, their, their stadium can hold, I think, like forty five or forty eight thousand, and they came out with a they're plan. They're pretty much of, gonna have sixteen thousand people in the yeah, stadium. Is what they're, yeah, yeah, sixteen thousand, and it spaced them out six feet. And so, I don't know if you saw this, but the NFL is talking about if they resume the season and no fans can be in, that they're gonna pump like fan noise into their broadcasts and yeah i I think the the biggest thing is uh the nfl doesn't really need personnel revenue like it doesn't need in stand in in stands revenue like it can survive just off of its networks and its tv contracts whereas the college football teams need that in-person revenue for the school and i think that's the biggest thing that that'd be a bigger reason why the college football season would have fans in it to some degree well, I, I, I don't know about the MLB on, or the the NFL on that because the MLB just came out with that that study and that they each day that they would play an MLB game without fans in the stadiums that the Major League Baseball would be losing one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Even at a condensed season, they'd play 82 games, whereas the NFL is only playing like 16 to 17. And also, the NFL draws in a lot more viewership than the than the MLB does. Yeah, but I mean, I, you, I think you gotta you kind of gotta average it out. And how much money are they losing? You know, how much is the University of Nebraska or University of Southern California losing every time? that they don't let fans in and you got to think not just ticket prices concessions parking programs merchandise at the team store there's so much that goes into that that you got to think how much money are they losing every day that they don't have fans in the stands so i think that i think uh, there's a lot there to to consider when you talk about playing games and you know, it's not just football. I mean, college basketball is going to be affected. College baseball has already been affected. They're already saying that they're going to give another year of eligibility to those kids. That yeah, but can't. it's on the schools to how much they actually pay them. So they could get the, so the NCAA is saying pretty much, yeah, you can retain them for a fifth year senior, but it's on you to how much you actually give them. So if they if the school is like, well, I'm not going to give him anything, like he can come back, but he's not going to have a scholarship, then. That's pretty much just SOL for that person. So it really, it, it's just the NCAA saying like, yeah, that's an option, but it's still on the school to actually afford them that option. Yeah, but, but you got to think like, about 
you got to think about a lot of these fifth year seniors that are graduates. Because, I mean, that's the thing in the NCAA these days is that you're a graduate. You graduate, you get your diploma, you're not taking any classes, but you want to exercise that fifth year of eligibility. You're not in college, you're just going to practice, you're playing the games, you're working out with the team, but you're not going to class. So that's who it's going to affect is. Well, you still have to go to class to some degree. No, you don't. If If you're a graduate player. You have to go still take graduate classes. Yeah, but I mean, you take a you take a student, especially if you're somebody like I want to say. All right, let's use Justin Fields as an example. Maybe he lost out on his senior year and he wants to improve his draft stock. Takes out a student loan at Ohio State for fifteen thousand to take an art one on one class, so he's enrolled into school and he plays his senior year. He can pay that back the minute that he gets drafted in the first round of the NFL. So I can see why they're giving him that fifth year of eligibility. But I don't know. If I was in college and I missed out on my senior year, I would take student loans out the ass to play my senior year. I'd be like, no, I'm going to play one last year. Because who knows? Maybe you could ball out that senior year and then get drafted. So I don't know. I think – I think personally with, with this whole epidemic, I don't think football season is going to be affected one bit. I think around the end of October, early November, it'll get shut down, but I think we'll start it. I think it'll be an XFL situation. They'll start it, but they won't finish it. Uh, I mean, I think the uh, the biggest thing is you have um – like the SEC is is coming up to it with a decision in the next couple of days on it. They're got their players report June first to start uh, summer training pretty much. And then uh, I think the other biggest thing is that I'm not going on your thing. Uh, the other biggest thing is uh, when uh, the other conferences will have their players return. Because I can already tell you that the the Big Ten is going to be with the SEC because those are the two biggest revenue. Uh, generating conferences in the in the uh, NCAA, but to your your thing though, the NCAA will make its money back with co- college basketball. Um, cause it, hang on here, I got the stats real quick. Cause I had to do this. Uh, so in 2018, for the uh, March Madness uh, time frame. Um, my bad. In 2018, the NCAA made about $7.6 billion off of just 3% of its schools. The biggest thing to look at if there's not a college, if there's not fans in the stadium for college football is the coach's salary taking a hit because um, they make a shit ton of money uh, compared to what it costs for a scholarship for all the NCAA athletes. Um, and that's what I've been saying is – if if you if a school is really going to cut back and try to save a program as as much as it can, it's going to cut a lot of the coach's salary to retain the athletes, because a lot of the athletes that play don't actually have full ride scholarships. They just have some type of partial scholarship, and I think that's the biggest thing. And going back to baseball, they're only allotted I think eleven and a half scholarships. It's like it's like a really weird system. So, with that being said. If they have to, if they have the eligibility to retain someone, even though they have a freshman coming in, they have more hope for. 
they're going to give that scholarship or half scholarship or quarter scholarship, whatever they have, to that freshman, whereas that senior. Because most of the time for baseball, and I'm sure you know this, they usually get drafted out of high school if they're really that good, or they'll get drafted while they're playing pretty much. Yep. Um, so it's a lot easier for them to transition, even though they go into like a shitty farm league team, they don't make much money, but they at least have a chance to get to the pros. And I think that's the way that, you know, the rest of the sports go. Football and basketball are just different to where uh, you kind of have to use that scholarship and, and play to get to that next level. Um, what do you think about players being able to go to the NFL out of high school? I think that if the XFL would have stayed in business, I, I would have supported it. If somebody wanted to go to the NFL right out of high school, first year, wouldn't have cut it, got cut, went to the XFL. Like, use the XFL as a farm league. Because the way baseball has it set up, I think, is the best way, is that they have a farm league that you get drafted right out of high school, and if you want to go for it, go for it, dog. Go play your single-A, double-A, triple-A ball before you can go up and play in the show. The NFL, I think if they're going to allow high school players to declare directly for the NFL, they have to create a farm league. And I think what a lot – I think Roger Goodell specifically is taking advantage of is college football. And I can't well, you remember. You have to because I, I, I can't name you one athlete that I know of that would have went straight from the high school to start in the NFL. Terrell Owens. Like, there's, there's no way. The, the body the, – the amount of – LeBron Body James mass and and hits that you hit, LeBron James could not have played in the NFL straight out of high school. Are you kidding me? The dude was six eight, two hundred and sixty five pounds. There's he was no six way. eight. He was the top no rated way. football player in Ohio. He could have played There's in the no NFL. Way. Yes, no. absolutely. There's look no way. look back at his high school stats. Okay, you can look at high school, yes, because you're playing against very small talent. Think about the the NFL. You have very elite talent in college football. You're telling me right now. Makes the- you're telling me right now if LeBron James. Okay. Sake of argument. LeBron James goes to Ohio State and plays tight end. He's not in the NFL right now playing a tight end for an NFL football team. Dude, 6'8", yes, 280 if pounds. If he goes to college first, yeah, so he can gain. Yeah, so he can do the steroids. Yeah. That's what you need. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Right out of high school, just, if you look at what he was his senior year at St. Mary's, that the dude could not have played NFL football, he could no. have. No. Terrell Owens could have played NFL football out of, right out of high school. There's no way. I'm telling you. like it's, it's, it's I think the NFL is just a different beat. Trevor Lawrence. Could have played NFL football if he would have got drafted to the right team right out of high school. Look what he did at Clemson. He didn't lose his first college football game until the national championship game in 2020. I just think you're crazy. I think playing He could have played NFL football. Is a way different thing. You're he, telling me that a, a fucking beast-ass Troy Palomalu is going to hit them and they're going to be fine. You're going to say the same thing. About Kobe Bryant going up against all those NBA players. No, I think the NBA is one of those sports where you can come straight out of high school and be fine because it's not very contact oriented. Because it's, it's common. Physical, but it's not you see it. When's the last high school football player to play in the NFL? 
It's never happened before, so you, you don't know. You can't make that legit killed. comparison. But they I tell you, there's, there's players no that could have came out right out. I think Trevor Lawrence could have played directly in the NFL. I think Joe Burrow could have played directly in the NFL. I think Dude, you're Russell so Wilson, like, who played for Wisconsin, he could have played directly like you, in the NFL. Not only like do those guys need to need to like gain the statue to play that sport in the high level. What did Terrell Owens? What did Terrell Owens gain from playing for Tennessee Chattanooga? Age. I'm just saying you need age you need to learn the fundamentals. He already learned the fundamentals. He went to Tennessee Chattanooga, there's and he was NFL, like, "There's still." NFL players learning fundamentals. You're not going to tell me that a high school kid is going to know more than a five-year veteran in the NFL. No, but he could go compete. He could go compete. He's not going to give very Skip. Time. Skip. Don't make me go fucking. <laughs> He's not, it's just, and to me, that is a sport that you cannot advance straight out of high school. You need to at least have some time to gain the body mass and statue to get into that next level. And you also need to have the fundamentals and coaching of the freaking next level to get to the next level. So, okay. You're talking about coaching. So you want to put them up with Lincoln Riley, not with Pete Carroll. You want to put them with Scott Frost and not Bill Belichick. You want to put them. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You want to put them with fucking the guy from Waterboy instead of. Sean Payton? They, they, Come on, dude. You want to talk about coaching? The, NFL has superior coaching to college football. Those coaches are not teaching the same fundamentals that college coaches are teaching. There's a reason why quarterbacks get skipped over in the NFL draft is because they don't know how to read certain plays. And they, they have terrible coaches, but they go to New England as a six-round draft pick and become the greatest yeah. of all time. Because they had time to learn the basics of those fundamentals. So you're telling me what Tom Brady l learned at Michigan created him the greatest of all time quarterback? It gave him no. that foot pass. If Tom Brady would have came out of high school and went to New England, they still would have six Super Bowl titles. Dude, not. no. You can't tell me that the coaching of the Michigan head coach, whoever the fuck it was at that time, created Tom Brady. No. Bill Belichick created Tom Brady. I'm not saying he created Tom Brady. I'm saying he gave Tom Brady the fundamentals to get to that next level. What fundamentals? What fundamentals? Like, dude, did you play high school football? No. Nope. Okay. I played high school football. And what I can tell you is, is that you learn fundamentals. That's all you get hammered yeah, you on in you high school football. When you go to college. college ball, I had buddies who played college ball. They started talking about how do you get to the NFL? That's all they're teaching you. So, if that's all you're teaching them in college football, if you just completely eliminate the universities and the colleges and you just you take somebody like me who was a trash-ass senior quarterback in high school and you put him in the NFL and then you start teaching him how to be a NFL quarterback, I probably could have succeeded. But I didn't go to college because I liked heroin. So, you, you, I'm telling you, you can name anyone you want to name, but without the, the footpath they had in college, I guarantee you they would not make it in the NFL as far as they did if they're an NFL great. Okay, so Adrian Peterson doesn't have a successful NFL career if he doesn't go to the University of Oklahoma. 
Yeah, because he was an absolute beast. Yeah, he was an absolute beast with a pass-heavy Bob Stoops. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, your argument is invalid. Your argument is so wrong. You're telling me that. So you're telling me the only reason. Imagine you in high school. Imagine you in high school. And okay. now imagine you going against a 250-pound linebacker who okay. is jacked up on steroids and tell me how many hits your body can take compared to if you had another three years to pit muscle on and take more steroids to get to that level. Your body just will not last. Like, can, can someone do it? Probably, yeah. How long will they last? Not very long. Well, what I'm saying is, is that, okay, so you're telling me that Russell Wilson – all right. Can we agree right now, before I make this statement, Russell Wilson is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. Can we agree to that? I don't watch the NFL very much, but yes, I would say he's a top quarterback. Okay. Top five quarterback in the NFL. Right now, not of all time. Right now, yes. No, oh, yeah. Right now, in the NFL, top five quarterback, right? I would say almost top three but I don't want to get that outlandish before I make this statement. So top five quarterback in the NFL right now, absolutely Russell Wilson's up there, right? Yes. Okay. Does he get to that level before going to a run-heavy Wisconsin offense? Run-heavy. Hang on. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. This guy's going to look up his stats. He went to a run-heavy Wisconsin offense. When Russell Wilson got in there, like, holy shit, this guy's good. They start passing the ball. When Russell Wilson gets drafted, they go back to Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, all of them to go back to a run-heavy offense. Okay, hang on here. Does go Russell ahead. Wilson not succeed in Seattle with Pete Carroll without going to a run-heavy Wisconsin program? He was 205 pounds in High school. I don't give a As fuck. A I don't. In the words of Birchall, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about what they weigh. What I care about is their skill and their ability to pass the football. Can Russell Wilson succeed th- in think, the NFL the without QB, going to college? Th- yes, because he had pure no. talent. Skip. Skip. <laughs> You're not going <laughs> to tell me that. Okay. I might agree with you with like maybe like a receiver or something like that, but a QB he needs to have so much knowledge before they get to the NFL that if they don't have it, yes, can they get to the NFL? But can yes. Pete Carroll teach that? I'm let me finish my fucking conversation here, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying though is can Pete Carroll coach that? Yes. Because look at Matt Liner. Matt Liner let Pete Carroll and he went to Ken Wisenhunt and was trash. What I'm saying is, right coach, right time, right program, you succeed at any level, and that is evident with Russell Wilson. Because Russell Wilson was not number one overall drafted, but he's a top-tier quarterback. Tom Brady was not. Yes, you're you're validating my point with the college football. Coaching goes a very far away. I'm telling you. With quarterbacks, you cannot tell me that they can go straight out of high school into the NFL. There's so many different things that happen with the NFL than that happen with high school that they would get fucking destroyed. Tom Brady. What about him? You keep bringing him up. What about him? He was coached so good at Michigan that he was a round six pick. 
He was a 199th overall pick. Can you name me the other seven? Okay, can you name me the other seven quarterbacks that were drafted above him? I'm looking at the camera, bitch. Don't look it up. Nuh-uh. Put your little Microsoft Surface away. Can you name me the other seven quarterbacks drafted above him? No, you can't because me. I can't tell you who went in that draft. Exactly, but you can name me Tom Brady. I don't know what draft he went in. Tom Brady, 19 years old, NFL, put him behind, drew Bledsoe for three years. Dude still wins five Super Bowls. Tell me he does. Uh, Chad Chad Pennington, which was actually a pretty decent quarterback. Oh yeah, uh, Giovanni great. Yep, Super Chris Bowls. Chris Redman, dude. There, dude. Martin, who's my hands Martin. are getting heavy holding all these Super Bowl rings. Mark Bolger. Oh wow, I'm not Hall these of Famer. Great. I'm just no, keep saying. going, keep going. You just named four I Hall of Famers. And Spurgeon win. Watch know. out, Joe Namath. Here comes Spurgeon win. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. You take a quarterback. You take any position, really. And I think the best position that it would come from is offensive line. You take an offensive oh, lineman. God, no. no, listen to me. Listen to me before I before I say it. An offensive lineman gets recruited right out of high school. He's not going to play for three years. An offensive lineman will sit in a weight room. He will sit behind juniors and seniors in any big 1A program for three years to build mass, learn technique, and then he'll start for two years, and then he'll get drafted into the NFL. Tell me they can't do that in an NFL camp. Tell me they can't sit behind an offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers for three years, build mass, learn technique, and then when he retires, See, take okay. his spot you're, on you're the offensive like, line. But but that's what I'm saying. I'm proving my point. No, you're acting like coaches in the NFL want to coach the fundamentals that they should learn in high school and college. They don't. They just go. No, that's what position coaches are for. That's not how it works. So I'm telling you, like they don't want to coach that stuff. That's why they don't draft. Then what do they want to coach? How to they dance the down the sideline when you catch a pass at the 20 yard line? No. Yeah. NFL coaches are coaching fundamentals. They are not. You're telling me Cliff Kingsbury is sitting back and a, and and teaching Kyler Murray how to throw a no-look pass like Patrick Mahomes? He's teaching him plays. I'm not giving No, him he's teaching them how to sit in a pocket, the scan the they're field. Not teaching them the, they're not teaching them basic fundamentals, though, that they should learn in college and high school. Yes, they are. They aren't. Yes, they are. I promise you they are. I oh, Dude, man. if you're telling me Bill Belichick took a six-rounder and made him a five-time Super Bowl champion by teaching him how to gloat or how to dab like Cam Newton, you, no, you're, you're fucking you're taking, high. You're taking it way out of context. They're teaching him the system, yes, but they're not teaching him those basic fundamentals that they need to learn in college and high school, which is why if they don't know those fundamentals in college, they don't get drafted high or they don't get drafted at all. Name me one position where you don't have to teach him a system. In any football, in football in general, tell me one position that isn't a quote-unquote system blank, like a system quarterback. That's what I'm arguing. That's literally what I'm arguing. I'm saying it's a system, but you're talking okay. about fundamentals. Like, they're not going to teach them how to throw the damn ball. Like, they should know how to do that. No. Hey, coming out of high school, you're not going to know how to throw the ball accurately. I learned how to throw a football situation. in the front yard with my dad at two years old. I trust me, my junior you're high quarterback. Have, okay. No, my junior high quarterback was not teaching me how to plant my foot and point my toe where I want to throw the football. My junior high quarterback. 
mean, though. No, that's but my junior high argument. quarterback was teaching me the offense. That's my high school quarterback was teaching me my high school head coach and my high school quarterback that I, I sat behind until my senior year was teaching me how to throw the football. They exactly. were teaching. You're they were teaching my, me the system. My point. No, they were teaching me the system. That's the end of the podcast.